What is good, guys and gals, and welcome to the Films and Pixels podcast, episode 22. I am your host, Afif. And once again, as you may have noticed by now, this is a show about all kinds of entertaining consumer electronics world, of course, cinematic world with TV series, movies, and all sorts of things. So that's the whole point of the podcast with cinema and consumer electronics, 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 sorry about that, long day fatigue, being combined into one universe, I suppose, and being connected together and bringing all sorts of people in into one common group. So, uh, yeah, anyway, um, regarding the topics, uh, there's some stuff that came to mind. I was just thinking about uh, something about an NGL app that was trending over the last two weeks that caught my attention and made me worried. I want to talk about it. Also, the hype surrounding the Aya Neo device. You may be aware of it, but if you don't, I'll talk about it. Uh, why I'm concerned about TikTok's growing revenue. It is getting higher, but it's something that has made me concerned. Uh, plus, a couple of former Sony gaming developers making a new studio with an NFT game that I'll mention. And also, for the first time on this podcast, I'm going to be some doing something a little bit new, a little bit different. Uh, reviewing a music album. In fact, I'm going to be reviewing Drake's new album, Honestly Nevermind. So after listening to it for the last two weeks, I've gathered some thoughts on it. And I just wanted to give my thoughts on it. What, what I liked. M- most of the things I liked, a few things I didn't like, but I'll talk about that. So again, if you haven't done so before, please feel free to um, leave a comment in the comment section below. Subscribe to an independent channel like this. It really helps a lot. Much appreciated. It means a lot. A small boost from you really makes a big difference. And uh, also like the follow the social media links below in the description section. You know, means a lot. Always welcome from you and anyone. So again, thank you if you made the effort watching and listening from beginning to end. So without further ado, let's get going. Okay, so the first part of this episode, uh, I will bring a couple of social media related topics um, into this segment. So um, the first part, or at least I should say first segment of this first part, uh, I just want to quickly talk about a little bit of something related like NGL app. So basically, it's like a messaging app for people to send to each other anonymously or at least leave a message on Instagram stories. It's a little weird. It's a trend I've noticed from a few friends of mine. Um, you know, the idea to me doesn't really make sense. And quite frankly, I don't really get it or understand it why. It's kind of creepy at the same time. And I've even noticed one of my friends getting fir- flirtatious, sexy comments and marrying you and all that stuff. So it, it gets weird. Like, it to me, it just encourages a lot of unexpected, anonymous um creepiness i should say like all at the same time like i just think it'll it may be a trend at least maybe at the moment but i think it'll turn to some fad that will go away soon and i kind of hope so i don't really see what the point of it is and i don't think there's going to be any long-term sustainability since it'll just catch the apparent attention of parents eventually because of kids that are going to be using instagram even before 18 and they think it's going to be funny and cool um, you know, having an NGL app and 
you know, I think really more danger will come out of it. Again, I'm not a parent, so I don't care or know or understand, but I just don't see anything good coming out of it. And this will leave plenty of women, you know, to be very much vulnerable to stalkers who open their Instagram accounts publicly. And, you know, for a lot of men who have this habit of thinking like they can get away with or be okay or think it's okay to say something that most women with a lot of high IQ with class, self-respect, pride, dignity won't really accept. So this is something that's uh, going to be a problem. And I don't overall, I, I don't think a lot of these mobile development tech teams don't really care too much as long as it really does, you know, bring them some revenue in return. And already the world of social media is catching on into our dopamine, like it's already feeding so much of our dopamine in our heads, especially for young kids, right? So that's part of the addiction that that's it. And this is why there's this whole fishbowl attention spam, attention span already. So that's been going on, especially with apps like TikTok for that's going on. Speaking of which, regarding TikTok, a news report has surfaced from a post I saw uh, from the board boardroom, it's like a media company, um, you know, saying that TikTok is projecting to make a revenue of twelve billion dollars this year alone, and that's even bigger than Twitter and Snapchat combined, gonna be making ten billion dollars this year. Let that sink in. An app like a social media app like TikTok, specializes in short form videos. That's been around since what 2017, 2018 going to make more money than Twitter and Snapchat combined that's been around for even more than a decade like late 2000s I think so that's kind of that's kind of something that's I that's a bit concerning because you know this type of habit with millions of users performing unnecessary lipstick lip syncs you know inappropriate dance challenges pretend pretending to be comedians performing various challenges that requires all sorts of users to perform like different stunts that will only put themselves and others in danger. And even if there's some kind of challenge that may result in death, which in reality has actually happened. Like young kids like dying just because of some stupid challenge they tried to do and got themselves killed. And this is something that, um, that really like is becoming a growing concern, you know? And when you think of companies like Google and Meta platforms benefiting from online advertisements, and yet recently they've been hit with antitrust complaints from US, UK, and even European unions over the last few years regarding privacy sharing, data sharing, and all that stuff, or um, you know, violation of privacy concerns. So this, so this is sort of understandable why there have been complaints from major worldwide organizations and countries around the world. So and so here's a concerning fact for TikTok. More users al- more US users alone spend their social media time consuming TikTok more than they do, they do on Facebook and Instagram in the US. So <clears throat> most American users on TikTok consume an average of 29 hours per month on TikTok compared to 16 hours on Facebook and 8 hours on Instagram in a month's time. So that's that's kind of creepy. 
And you know who's really benefiting now from TikTok especially and even doing well for themselves financially? It's the Generation C kids. The Generation C teenagers that are really doing well for themselves and, you know, taking it beyond what we thought it could be, you know, and trying to make the most of their lives with TikTok. It's not something that I like, but, you know, whatever. At least they're rolling with it. However, they make a little bit of money off of it, whatever. At least it'll work, but... I don't like how it's a good idea to do some kind of stupid prank or dance moves. And in reality, they, sorry to say, they don't really have any talent. I'm not, I'm not going to say any names. I don't have any names in mind, but it's just a few, ob few observations that I've seen. So I don't know. I don't like where this is going, but I th it's going to be trending into more of a mental health problem more than anything since again the dopamine thing that i was mentioning before it'll be very severe as they get older all right so part two of this top of this podcast this episode i want to put the gaming segments gaming conversation together so uh, i will start talking about the aya neo handheld pc gaming device which i didn't really hear of until i saw a video review about it and i thought it was pretty cool it is mainly a very impressive piece of gaming handheld technology and i do think it'll compete very well with valve steam deck which i think was released earlier this year although it seems like the io neo handheld gaming has been around for a while and you know regarding the dedicated high advanced handheld gaming systems it's nice that there's some sort of resurgence or renaissance of handheld games technology that's been around despite a market that has been no doubt been dominated by mobile devices and even more so like people playing games on tablets so it's nice to see that there's something like this despite the fact that even with the ion neo next advance for example it does come with a very, very steep and expensive price tag that I will mention as very much so. But one of the more significant differences other than the specs I will mention is that the IONEO Next Advance does use the Windows OS, whereas the Steam Deck, some people may be aware, uses the Linux OS. Linux is still a thing for laptops and computers. It's just obviously not as popular as you know, the Windows 10, even now with the Windows 11, the Mac OS, especially on the more uh, powerful MacBooks with the M1 chip. So it, it's still a very important software, especially for companies that have uses, whether it's for music making, film editing, social media, graphic design, whatever it may be. It's still very much important. And even some of the IONEO models have used like IONEO Air and IONEO Pro, which to me, coincidentally, is kind of has like those similar nicknames or subtitle names or whatever, like model names for like the iMac. So this was just something that got my attention. Although there's one thing that not just the IONEO, but even especially the Steam Deck, if there's one thing that both have in common is that they really do take a lot of the inspiration from the Nintendo Switch. Like even since its release in March, 2017, has sold into one of the top five best-selling of all time and even better, an incredibly, incredibly affordable price. 
at 300 starting at $300 and even lower or if you're going for the OLED like 350 so switches can be sold for not even 400 way below that price tag that's very amazing so yeah the specs based on like a chart I found from the IGN video review when talking about IONEO next just a few things came to mind I noticed immediately with the RAM it's very similar you know it's actually the same I should say like they're both of them like at 16 gigabytes with IONEO at next advanced like 16 gigabyte DDR DDR4X 4266 with the Steam Deck 16 gigabyte LP DDR5 5500 and both of them still have uh, solid battery life IONEO with 47 watts per hour and the Steam Deck 40 watts per hour although the GPU as you can expect with the IONEO also significantly more powerful although they still use integrated AMD graphics cards uh, IONEO Next Advanced does use 2 gigahertz versus the Steam Deck's 1.6 gigahertz so it is there's a somewhat of a difference as well processing I think the CPU is probably the more interesting part Although both of them have AMD, but uh, Steam Deck does use a custom AMD APU with a Zen 2 uh, 4-core 8-thread CPU chip. Whereas uh, IONEO Next Advance does have a significantly better CPU chip with an AMD Ryzen 7 uh, 5800U with an 8-core 16-thread. So that's a much more powerful chip. With the clock speed at 1.9 GHz base clock and it can be boosted to 4.4 gigahertz with a boost clock although the steam decks clock speed can be like from 2.4 gigahertz at its base up to 3.5 gigahertz so you can see where it goes there and even the more interesting part the storage size the IONEO next advance can store up to two terabytes with the, using the NVMe maybe some people might remember or know those really thin uh, NVMe drives versus a 64 gigabyte EMMC from Steam Deck so that's more important to note if although both are pretty good but the more eye-popping and concerning part is the very steep price tag that I mentioned earlier because the IONEO Next can go up to $1,365 which is crazy crazy expensive and quite frankly the price tag like that is hard to justify I'm certain that there's probably a bit more budget-friendly friendly price tags. I doubt that, that all of these IONEO models are like $1,000 and higher. Even if it's like $600, $700, that's understandable. Steam Deck also has various price tags, even a bit higher, but manageable in some ways. So at least, at least like that's a good thing from the Steam Deck. And for the most part, it seems like you're going to be happy anyway with the Steam Deck. And it can be sort of connected to your laptop, sort of like a base dock with what you can do with the switch and the TV mode. So that's a good thing. And again, like both of them can function in a similar vein to the Nintendo Switch. So you can see where their inspiration has come from. And Nintendo does deserve credit for at least encouraging some kind of handheld PC gaming portable system instead of just relying on mobile. There's only so much mobile can do. So it's great that if you want to play, uh, for example, Doom Eternal, 
portably. Yes, you can on the Switch, that is true, but at a much higher resolution, better, cleaner textures, faster loading, much higher frame rates. So those devices can do that. Even Control, for, for example, from Remedy Entertainment or uh, Hideo Kojima's Death Stranding as another example of that, that that's been showcased. So that's a very good example. Uh, but yeah, like, although Steam Deck, yes, it can be connected to an external monitor, the IO Neo Next Advance kind of more for the handheld gaming thing as well. Okay, so um, another th thing I quickly want to talk about is a couple of former Sony developers known as Michael Mombauer and John, John Gavin. They, for, you know, they are coming together, establishing a new gaming studio of their own. They're calling it Lethos. So it'll and they're going to debut their first game called Ashfall as their first web 3.0 AAA title for PC console and Hedero network, whatever it is. But it's like a blockchain gaming idea. So it's basically like an NFT game, but with, like, with a really high budget. And it's kind of strange how both of them came together. For Mumbauer, yes, he did work at... No, actually, I think one of them was at Ben Studio, but... Uh, one of them did work, both of them, I should say, were Sony gaming developers. Mumbauer did find, was a founder of That's No Moon gaming company and left less than a year later. Um, but as for John Garvin, he was a creative developer for a couple of Sony games at Bend, I think Siphon Filter. I, I don't think Days Gone was one of them, but something else as well. He was fired for, I don't know how long, for being a disruptive personality. He did admit in an IGN podcast interview that he did have a lot of heated arguments and he blames himself for not being a people's person. So I'm sure he's grown from that. But Ashfall, for as long as that we know, is described as like an open world game set in a ravaged land by global warming, mysterious energy fields and wearing enclaves. But it does have a, a narrative single driven single player. So that's a good thing. But it will evolve into like a pvp and pve kind of game you know and be part of the hedera network which is like a blockchain chain system that allows players to build so i i sell and trade with exclusivity being a focus so again whatever how, how the nft gaming stuff can be integrated together i don't know it doesn't make sense to me but whatever even like with scavenging elements and even discovering nfts in the game so that's kind of weird they intend to work together more than just on that on video game and cinematic entertainment gaming studio sort of thing so they've known each other for a couple of decades i do have a quote but i want don't want to go through it they've known each other for a couple of decades and this they take they're taking this chance really to just create something new and exciting together and that's good for them you know, it's kind of like a bringing back the band together sort of style of, of two people that have a friendship, know each other well, and want to do something special. So I think that's really good. And creating beloved characters, captivating stories, evolutionary gameplay, and worlds worth explore, exploring. And they hope to do so, not just in video games. So, you know, they sound like they have a good vision. If they can take a lot of good things from here to wherever it can go, you know, great. 
The only thing I'm worried about is the heavy use of microtransactions for an NFT type game. I, again, I really don't know. Other gaming companies like maybe Sega and Square Enix, there was talk of them maybe getting themselves involved in any sort of NFT, NFT gaming integration, gaming systems, whatever it may be. But um, I'm not sure if it'll go beyond that. But it, it'll be a bit of a costly concern if so much NFT gaming will be integrated into AAA gaming budgets, whether from Sony, although I don't think it will, or from independent teams that are, that are trying to get involved. All right, guys and gals, for the third and last part of this episode, I do want to give a music review for Drake's new album, Honestly Nevermind. Now, this album was released maybe a couple of weeks ago, somewhere in like sometime in mid to late June. And so, you know, when I was listening to it through Anrami, I was caught by surprise that it was mostly like a house uh, club type of album. You know, so this was a significant departure for someone like Drake, who dabbles mostly into hip hop, rap, pop, well, sometimes pop, but even so R&B as well. So this was a surprise change. Although later on, I think like out of the 14 tracks, maybe like three or four, he does rap on. But he does mostly sing house, fast-paced music. So this was a strange surprise. Now, it, it's, it's still pretty good. It's still a solid album. It's good enough. But in reality, it doesn't really go, you know, it doesn't top any of his previous work or go or be like you know it's not as good as anything he's done really before it's still somewhat above average but i mean there's it seems like he's been on a bit of a downfall for creative reasons i mean you know most of the lyrics it's mostly just relationships relationship issues with women from his past and you know and whatever it's just like mostly the same moaning and complaining but more fast-paced tone. There's still some standout tracks. I mean, me personally, I like uh, Texco Green. A song I like. Currents is a Currents and a Keeper is pretty good. Uh, I wasn't a fan of Sticky. Massive is a very good one. Massive is Massive is a single anyway on radio stations. Flight's book is still pretty good. It does close out with Jimmy Crooks, which is a, a more of a rap song with 21 Savage. But it's it's mostly all right. You know, vocals aren't too bad. Uh, I didn't like how the vocals were changed for liability for some reason. You could tell that it's kind of more slowed down. Um, you know, not distorted, obviously, maybe more of a slow reverb type, if I'm right on that. But uh, overall, it's, it's all right, but... I, He's had better albums, like Nothing Was the Same was a good one. Uh, I don't know how I feel about Scorpion. Views is pretty good. I, me personally, I really like Thank Me Later. Take Care is probably his best masterpiece, even like 11 years later. Nearly 11 years later, so that's still very good. It, while, honestly, Nevermind isn't a bad album, it's not really like one of his best or like one of his top tier albums. I will say one thing, it's certainly easy to listen to and just much better flow than like something with certified lover boy. Me personally, I just like 
I didn't even go through the certified lover boy halfway through, but or at least not yet, but like just listening to it the other day, just going back in comparison, I just wasn't a fan of it. I didn't really like so much of it. I, I just couldn't handle too much of it. It, it just sounded like, I don't know. I, I, I really couldn't really tolerate so much of it, you know? And you know what even bothered me, especially like, yes, I should li- finish and listen to that album, but even the cover album of Certified Lover Boy wasn't so great. But uh, if you haven't listened to it, honestly, never mind, go ahead. Uh, but just be aware, it's not going to be something familiar from before. Again, it is a significant departure from the kind of music Drake has done before, but I think maybe that's why, because a talent like him, like when there's a single, there's always so much significant hype that, you know, over the recent few years, some, most people will, or even some just view as a letdown, like, you know, there has to be levels to it. So just when, the, when there's like a surprise release, then it just kind of, then that's like, okay maybe it's less pressure so i think i get the approach because maybe just the pressure of living up to the hype on some of the albums and mixtapes kind of maybe have been a bit too much or overwhelming so i get it you know but yeah uh again overall still pretty good pretty solid but not one of his best it somewhere somewhat average it's it's still good enough you get what i mean but his earlier albums, his earlier records, much better than this one. So I can, I think the reaction online, I think people are overdoing it with the trash comments and, and the hate on it or whatever it is. I think maybe it's a bit pushing too far with some of the reaction, some of the feelings towards it, maybe a bit too critical. In a way, it's warranted and I understand, but. I do think it's a bit too harsh as well. So, yeah, I've listened. I've listened to the album more than once, and you know, I haven't been too disappointed. Even though it's not like you know the best quality, in a way, you know, not his best work, but it's still very passable, and I can certainly go through it. You know, like even something like "More Life" from twenty seventeen wasn't too bad either. You know. Still more life better than that one. So yeah, I'd say go listen to it. You know, you might be surprised that's not what you expected, but still very tolerable. All right, guys and gals. um, I just want to thank you all who have watched and listened to the Films and Pixels podcast episode 22 from beginning to end. Again, I want to thank everyone who has stood by from the beginning to the end of this episode. It means a lot. I hope to, to keep your attention. Again, please comment. It helps with the engagement. Like this video. Also follow the social media pages. It really means a lot. Very much appreciate it. Subscribe to an independent channel like this one. You know, it's a really good boost for me. It means a lot. It helps me tremendously. I really do appreciate it. And yeah, if you have any thoughts or opinions on what I said, anything you've heard, feel free to comment below. Any sort of suggestions as well. I'm open to suggestions as well. So again, looking forward to any good ideas. So thank you very much. Good day. 
and good night.